What's up, pals? Welcome to episode 81 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm your host for today, Chris Sampson. I'm Andy Karasquilla. I'm Stan Gadersky. And welcome to the show. And and uh, I'm so I'm so glad to be back. I you guys welcome back, in. Chris. You're yeah. out of the chokey. You know, the first week I was losing my mind. I mean, it, I shouldn't I should have lost my mind because it's not that much different from my regular closet. But there were there were other unspeakable things in there. Did you did you tame the chokey the second week? Yes. Yeah, we became good friends. So. You know, and then, then I got too comfortable. And then he's like, well, I, shit, I, I missed two weeks of recording, and I, I missed out on a lot of news, and I, I even missed, a, I missed out on Dragon Chat. So enough was enough. I got out. Me and the Chokey are no more. R.I.P. Chris and the Chokey. <laughs> but do you guys miss me? I, I, missed, I missed me. I missed me in the podcast. It felt so weird not doing the podcasting routine. Yeah, Um. actually yesterday... At work, I wound up having to stay either late tomorrow or yesterday or late tonight. And I was like, no, I'm staying late, like, yesterday, because fuck that. I'm not missing a week of Super Nerd Pals coming back together. The band is back together. Cannot do it. Man, it's crazy. So, yeah, I wasn't actually in the chokey. I was away for a week at, at Seattle. It was my first time in Seattle. Uh, I was there for PAX West. This is the first time it's called PAX West. Normally, it's called PAX Prime, which I, I assume it confused a lot of people. I still call it PAX Prime, but... Yeah, I thought you were in PAX Prime. When you when you said PAX West, I was like, huh, guess not Prime. <laughs> In spirit, it's still prime because it's still like the flagship PAX event. The numbers were ridiculous this year. I think it was like around 200,000 200, people. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Seattle, but nope. the, the Washington State Convention Center, it's a beautiful venue. It's really solid. I, really, I think it's a really great venue for PAX, although I think PAX is definitely, definitely outgrew the size of the venue because they started moving events into other adjacent buildings and hotels i know they're hosting some events at the western hotel and magic uh wizards went balls out crazy with their events this year uh they uh wizards of the coast they make uh what magic the gathering so about like a block and a half two blocks up the street uh, like on 9th street they basically roped off an entire street and they had a magic the gathering street fair and they also had a building around the corner which is completely de- devoted to it was like a giant old school theater they used it for all their panels and for tournaments yeah pax is overwhelming most of the time i was working which is a, a bit of a drawback for attending cons because there were so much cool events going on. Uh, <laughs> what is Stan doing? Is the, is the lighting bothering him or is it the lights that are making... <laughs> Stan's like looking in the bathroom, looking at every nook and cranny. Uh, I think it's, it's the fridge. Did you unplug the fridge? The lights, I think it's the fridge. I hear it over here, though. 
Wow. That stopped completely. What the fuck? <laughs> Wait, so the fridge is being... That's the loudest the fridge. Wow. Alright, so the fridge is like all the way across the fucking room. And for some reason that fridge was making the humming in the front of the room where we are at. That's weird. That was really weird. Well, no more humming. I just you gotta remind me to plug in the fridge on the way out. That was weird. Is there? That, that was weird. Okay. Uh, I knew it was like the entire time we were sitting here, and I was hearing that hum. I was like, "That's not. That really sounds like a busted refrigerator noise." Like, don't ask me how I know what that sounds like, <laughs> but it's just very specific hum that was like either faulty lighting that's why stan was so quiet he was like what could this be i was just trying to use my detective ears and figure out what the hell is going on stan Stan, did we witness like the awakening of some like (laughs) c-rated superpowers like yeah this is my electricity sense (laughs) this is my mutant power i can like hear the vibrations of like fucked up electrical systems and i can like track them down and just turn them off i mean it makes sense your your dad is an electrician yeah. so it's like i inherited it's in the, the genes the it's in the blood it's a trait that's yeah. awesome uh well i don't care what you guys say i'm keeping this in the in the show now because <laughs> this is this is smp canon oh uh, that was funny that's it was great. great it was great uh but yeah onward about packs. <laughs> Working at, working at my company, it's, it's we killed on sales. Uh, again, we were doing three conventions in one weekend. So we did PAX, we did Dragon Con in Atlanta, and we did Baltimore. What, what does your company sell? Uh, so actually, I'm, I'm repping the t-shirt right now. Our company's Crit Success. Um, we sell tabletop gaming accessories. Nice. Uh, so our products are cater a lot to tabletop gaming RPGs, so like Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Pathfinder, uh, lots of games that use like the D twenty, uh, D twenty die. So basically, there's spinner rings matched up with die. So you spin it, and there's a marker, and whatever number or result lands in between the marker is is a result. So it's a perfect random result or number generator. I mean, most people, I think, they prefer using dice. I think there's like something really satisfying and visceral about the rolling die. But like with with our with our products, it's really cool. It's really stylish. Unlike actual die, you won't actually lose it. It won't fall off the table. You won't get weird rolls. We have a lot of lot of fans. Um, we were a Kickstarter project that started about five years ago. We still get tons of new players, new people who, who haven't heard of us, who get all crazy excited about our products. So uh, this weekend, in total, we broke records. We sold 35K uh, worth Jeez. of product. So yeah, so actually uh, the, this past Friday, our, our boss uh, threw a company party to celebrate. So it was really great. That was a tangent, but uh, yeah. So <laughs> so most of, so like most of the weekend, we were hardcore selling. I, we didn't have a lot of time to explore during the show floor hours, but uh, I went to the exhibitors mixer. We met some really cool people. Uh, I basically made friends with a bunch of developers uh, who uh, from Sega or Relic. Uh, working on Dawn of War 3, which is one of the most anticipated games for me next year because I'm a huge fan of Warhammer 40k. It's the next iteration of the Dawn of War real-time strategy games, and it's so much fun. So I got to meet uh, some of the like some of the PR guys, one of the lead graphic or video uh, technicians. They hooked up, they hooked up a free swag later in the weekend, so it was really great. 
And I also got to walk around the show floor. I, I, I tweeted or showed you guys photos about this at the beginning of the week. There was a giant, giant Resident Evil 7 demo booth. It was basically the shack from the video game. And they were using that to allow players to line up and try out a brand new VR demo. I didn't get to try it out. I'm really sad. But one of my best friends, Chelsea, she got to try it out. She was scared out of her mind. So that's really good news. Uh, I'm not sure if new gameplay for the Resident Evil demo came out yet. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a look into that. They also had demos for like Xenoverse 2, uh, the new Tankin, Shadow Warrior 2, which looks really dope. They also had Doom and Fallout VR there. Again, I, I couldn't... There is... They're all over there. They were so close, but so far away. But I mean, just just being at PAX was amazing. There was our customers were friendly. There was a lot of cool cosplayers. Uh, I did get to meet a lot of industry people, so it was really dope. And I and I, I met some really awesome people from other exhibitors, uh, like Wargaming, uh, Meta Arcade, Fantasy Flight Games. Uh, they they hooked up for free stuff. Oh, and Wizards of course, uh, of course. So. All in all, great time. Really can't wait for next year's PAX. Uh, I really can't wait for PAX South. I'm going to try to get us to exhibit there. That's in Texas. That happens like end of January. And then we we also usually hit up PAX East in Boston. The goals are PAX South and our future, future goal, go to PAX Australia. Because that would be dope. That would be sick. I, I really want to go to PAX, um, more importantly, PAX Prime or Pax West, dude. You should, uh, dude. I cannot tell you. I mean, the tickets sold out on the website, like quickly. But there were so many people scalping. I know that's like a problem, or that's like like an S and P uh, pet peeve that we had for especially for the 2015 end of the year show. But for some weird reason, I couldn't quite explain it or or uh, paraphrase it to you, but. Uh, it's completely legal in Seattle, uh, according to uh, to my colleague, and it's so, and you might have to pay like an extra hundred or something, but it's so freaking easy to get, get to get extra badges for the weekend or just for a day in Seattle. So I mean, I would definitely try to get passes through the website. I mean, but that sold out in, like in like minutes. I'm sure the website crashed, but. I would just bite the bullet, just go, just get a book of ho- flight and I mean, hotel to Seattle, just literally line up at like 8 a.m. on like the first day. Just there, there's gonna be so many people selling selling badges. Just pick one up, and you and then you'll you'll be set because there's so much cool stuff. My friend is really good at getting like Comic Con tickets and and like all those other things. So like he told me because one of my ultimate goals is to go to San Diego Comic Con. And uh, he told me that he might be able to hook me up with tickets next year, which I'm excited for. So do it, man. He might be able to hook it up with the uh, PAX tickets too. Yo, I like just just knowing how we are, and just 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 viewing it as an exhibitor. Like I had fun, but just going as an attendee and like knowing you guys, you guys are gonna have like ten times more fun because just the amount, like just the 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 presence that was there, the games that there were, the selections, like. All the the free swag they were hanging out, uh, even like the third party or outside events that were going on. Oh, that that was one of the other things I went to that was outside the show floor, and I could actually make. They were hosting the Nindies, so 
maybe like 15 minutes away from the convention center, you have this museum. It's called the EMP Museum. It's basically this really famous museum devoted to pop culture. So it's all about video games, music, comics, TV. It was after hours. They closed down the entire museum. They opened up the bar. And basically, they they had a whole bunch of Nintendo indie games set up for everyone. So uh, everyone in the museum were, were just playing indie games and have a good time, and they had this giant, giant TV screen the size of the entire room open, so everyone could could watch. Uh, it was really cool. And they also had an after party where a whole bunch of people from Riot Games, the people who developed League of Legends, they were there. They had a whole bunch of VIP Twitch streamers there, and it was it was one of the craziest nerd raids I have ever seen in my life, so I went to that too. In Seattle, the city is so iconic and beautiful there's so much to see i highly recommend it sounds awesome so 11 out of 10 that's my rating sweet sweet so what have you guys been up to this past week not as much as you i know well yeah <laughs> that is for sure <laughs> i've just been working and uh yeah trying to catch up to some comics that's always a constant game hmm. i Got chapter 20 in Fire Emblem Fates Revelation. So I've been working. That's my little progress update. And my Jedi Guardian is level 26 in Star Wars Guild Republic. I, hey. I finally unlocked the Jedi robes. So I'm feeling, feeling pretty badass. And I bought uh, the Amethyst color crystal from the auction house nice. for, my, for my saber. So I'm this badass Jedi Guardian fully decked out in Jedi robes with the amethyst lightsaber. That's pretty pretty cool, pretty cool. Other than that, that's all I've been doing. No, wait, wait, Stan, that's a lie. You've been watching JoJo, haven't you? JoJo, <laughs> JoJo, JoJo. Continue. Uh. So Stan has finally, finally fallen to the abyss after posting so many JoJo memes and and and, and dropping hints. He's up to like, what, like episode six, eight. Ten? Four. Four. <laughs> but, but, four. Just four. Listen, I, saving the galaxy as a Jedi takes a lot of work. Any, have you seen JoJo? No. This bizarre adventure? My god. It's so good. <laughs> this show is insane. It is what four episode episodes, are they up to? One, They're up to like one season, trillion. season four? Well... Well, te- okay, well, let's break it down. So season one is 26 episodes. It's divided into three different arcs. So you got Phantom Blood, Battle Tendencies 1, Battle Tendencies 2. Now season two is Stardust Crusaders. Season three, it's technically season 2.5, but we'll call it season three. It's Stardust Crusaders Battle in Egypt. And the latest one right now, it's almost finished, uh, but it's called Diamond is Unbreakable. Um, but JoJo's, oh, I'm sorry. What, what's the total of episodes there up to them? Uh, well, so uh, 26 times four. So, uh, they don't, they don't break over, it down as like seasons. Over. It's almost like a different series for every season. So like series Basically. one is JoJo and then like Stardust Crusaders is its own series and then Diamond is Unbreakable is its own series, but they're like the continuation of the same storyline. So it's like going from Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z. Uh, like that yeah, kind of break, and, but it's a continuous series. Yeah, each instead of each season, it's like each part, and each part follows a different 
central member of the Joestar family. So that's why it's called Jojo, because there's like a running name motif where like so, some part of their name has the word Joe and the last name of the family line is Joestar. So you have Jonathan Joestar, Joseph Joestar, they also have uh, Joltaro Kujo, uh, and then you have the current one in the anime is like Josuke something something something. But it's so crazy. It's like, like it's so crazy and over top. It has me- like it has the manliest men ever. It has crazy fight scenes. It has so much drama. Like not, not yeah. First you have drama, and then you have JoJo melodrama, which is way up here. <laughs> it's like soap opera meets Greek tragedy, but in the most epic ways possible. Ugh. Oh, yeah, so it's good. like it's. I don't know like where this series goes from here because I don't know anything about this series except for the first four episodes that I've seen. But where I'm at right now, it's like 1880s England, and it's like fan of the opera injected with Dragon Ball Z. It's just like because Jack the Ripper is there. There's fucking vampires. There's like gothic like horror romance going on in the background. And it's like. I need to watch this. Alright, the sub sounds like your average, like, Japanese production with the voice acting and everything. And, like, I don't speak Japanese. I don't understand Japanese. So it sounds like any other anime, right? But then you switch to the English dub, and they're all speaking in, like, 1800s English accents. (laughs) So it's like, there's, there's this early on. Jonathan Joestar, the the OG JoJo, like has his arm broken, and then he meets this Italian kung fu guy named Baron Zeppeli, who's his his whole thing is that he can like some kind of power, like some key power via the sunlight to fight vampires with. Anyway, what he basically what he does is he JoJo and and like his girlfriend are like walking down. The, the fucking the street or whatever and Baron Zeppeli's like chilling on a, on a like a stone fence and then he sees Jojo and he's like you're after the stone mask aren't you and Dio and, and Jojo's like yeah so the first thing he does he jumps off and he fucking does a super poke in like Jojo's like stomach just like full power and then there's this whole thing where his arm is broken right but him doing that fixes his arm and then instead, of, he's just like, "My arm is fixed now, from your touch, sir. What have you done to me?" And, then, <laughs> and Baron Zeppeli's like, "I poked you. <laughs> Look at me. I'm carrying a wine glass that I never spill." And then, like, he goes, and then Baron Zeppeli goes to punch a frog in in the ocean or like in the river or something. And then he's like watching the energy. Jojo's watching the energy flow from him, and it's like causing ripples in the water. And it's like, oh, his energy is causing ripples. And then he like punch, and he's like, oh, he gave the frog what for? And I'm like, gee, wow, what is going on? <laughs> he just punched a frog. And the energy went through the frog and broke the stone underneath the frog. And JoJo is like losing his mind. And that just, this is completely out of context <laughs> scene that you have no idea what the, what's going on. Because I didn't, I didn't say anything that happened before. This is whole bullshit with this motherfucker named Dio Bravo, or whatever his name is, which is like Dio the, Brando. The wor- D- all right, Dio Brando. 
the the biggest piece of shit on the planet. Okay, times ten. Like you thought Vegeta was an asshole in the beginning of the Saiyan saga. You thought Frieza was an asshole. This motherfucker. All right. This wasn't gonna be my topic. We it haven't is, even gotten to the. Now. We we haven't even gotten to the news. No, but no, I no, gotta no, tell no. you. We are, we are skipping the news right now. I gotta tell you a story about Dio Brando. <laughs> Alright, this motherfucker, alright. Jojo comes from a pretty well-off family, right? Think Thomas and Martha Wayne, right? He's basically Bruce Wayne, right? And so he lives an affluent life, but they're like good people. And then there's just like this poor ass motherfucker who... Jojo's parents get into like a carriage accident or whatever, and Jojo's mom dies, but but um, his dad is like near death. And some asshole try is trying to like rob his body while he's laying while in the he's street. Like almost right? dead? Yeah, and and while this is happening, I think his name is George, right? Like George Joestar or something? Chris? Oh the Jonathan's dad? His papa? Yeah, yeah, I think it was like George. Alright. He wakes up and he sees like this asshole like raiding his body, right? And he's like, oh, what are you doing? And the, the guy like tries to play it off like he's like helping him or whatever. And and George George Joestar is like really like happy about it. It's like, oh thanks, you saved my life. Like I owe you one favor now that I that you saved my life. And then so this a this weird asshole has a son that he names Dio Brando, right? And while this dude's on his deathbed, he's like, this guy, this rich guy named George Joestar owes me a favor. So I wrote a letter. You bring it to him, and now once I'm dead, you're gonna become his like adopted son. And Dio's like, Dio could have been like. That's great. Now I get to live like a better life because my dad's like an asshole or whatever. He's like, I'm gonna take everything from everybody now that I got this chance. And he walks in and he's like, he goes, he goes to JoJo's house and JoJo's got like a suitcase. Like, um, sorry, um, Dio's got a suitcase or whatever, right? The carriage pulls up, and and I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. The carriage pulls up, right? And like Jojo and George are like watching the carriage pull up, and then Dio like leaps from the carriage, like he's about, he's like a fucking ballerina, like, and like the camera pauses and like, like this elegant like leap, and he lands, and then Jo Jojo's like, oh, what's up? You, I heard you're coming to live with us. Um, let's be good friends. Here's my dog Danny, and the dog shows up, and Dio kicks him in the fucking face. What? The first second he shows up, he kicks him in the goddamn face, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You are the guest of this house, and you just kick the dude's dog in the face, and then George is like, oh, boys will be boys. No, they fucking won't. <laughs> Not when you D.O. Brando. The next thing that happens is that it, George is like, oh, help D.O. with his luggage, and then George, and then JoJo's like, all right, I'm gonna help you with your luggage, and he tries to like grab for the luggage, and then D.O. grabs him by the arm, he's like, hands off, you cur, and then like tries to like throw him or some shit, like, don't you ever touch me. Like, what the fuck? Dude, you were like kicking rocks on the fucking sidewalk in like London, like last week, in like dirty old London, and now you're over here trying to like throw people and kicking their dogs and shit, alright? The next thing he does, right, because I'm not even getting to start, this is episode one by the way, right? Jesus. A lot, a lot happens. <laughs> Dio is like, my one goal is to, to destroy JoJo's soul, and I'm like, why? Cause he's an asshole. That's why, alright? This fucking D.O. guy. Alright. 
The next thing he does is that he sees Jojo enjoying his little boxing club with his friends and like, oh, you know, Jojo's a really good boxer or whatever. And Dio's like, watch this. He goes in the ring with Jojo, right? And he beats the fuck out of Jojo in the middle of the ring. He punches him in the face. And, and while he's punching him in the face, he takes the time to take his thumb and jab it in his eye <laughs> for no fucking reason. Like, I'm gonna fucking gouge your eye out, Jojo, because fuck you, because I'm Dio. And then, so, so is like Jojo missing an eye? No, he's not missing an eye, but he like tries to like he pokes him really hard in the eye so that like blood starts squirting out, right? Like that's how hard he's like fucking with him, right? Then later, for no for no fucking reason, he starts telling Jojo's boys that Jojo's a snitch. What the? F <laughs> in 1880s London, he's like this guy's a snitch, and then Jojo's just chilling in a tree because this is what boys be doing in London in the 1880s, right? Just chilling in a tree. Right? And then Jojo's friends come up. It's like, Jojo, we heard you were a snitch. And Jojo's like, fuck that. I ain't no snitch. Who said that? Was that Dio? <laughs> fuck Dio. And then Dio finds out that Jojo has like a girlfriend or whatever, right? So Dio's like, you know what? Fuck this girl. He like shoves her in the ground and like forces himself to like, forces a kiss on her. Like, just like, now your first kiss has been with me and not Jojo. And now you can never love Jojo because you've kissed me. And then she... She's like, oh, and then she goes away for like 10 years. Because <laughs> of fucking D.O. Brando. D.O. piece of shit Brando. All right. And Jojo's just trying to live his goddamn life. Jojo's just trying to have a day. He can't even have that. He just rolls in. You want to talk about one bad day like the Joker. Jojo should have lost his goddamn mind. From the first minute he met D.O. Brando, but he doesn't. And this is why Jojo is like one of the best fucking characters because he endured all this shit and he's still pushing because he's like i'm gonna not let dio get to me i'm gonna still i'm gonna keep my shit together then you know what this motherfucker does you know what dio does after this after all this shit you, you think he's done you think he's over right he puts danny jojo's dog in the fucking furnace outside his house and locks him in there so then when the butler comes to light up the heat for the house he burns danny alive Burns Jojo's fucking dog alive while Jojo's like out to the fucking market or whatever buying raspberries or whatever he does during the day, right? He comes home and fucking sees his dad burying his dog in the backyard and Jojo's like, piece of shit. Like, I know it was Dio. And then he goes and then Dio comes home and Jojo's like, I'm gonna fuck you up because you, you are a piece of shit. And so they fight and Dio tries to do that eye shit again, and Joe's like, fuck that, and he starts beating the shit out of Dio. And George, his fucking dad, comes out, and he's like, oh, Jojo, what are you doing? Why are you fucking up our guests? And he's like, this motherfucker, you don't even know what's going on with Dio. And so, all right, long story short, seven years goes by, Dio becomes Dracula, Jojo's bizarre what? adventure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. For some context, all right, I, I, need to, I need to put in some some footnotes. Cause one, the the whole like ballerina deal thing that happens a lot. Cause one of the most famous things about Jojo Bizarre Adventure is um this this is a thing that that's very iconic in the manga and 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 just just in Jojo fandom in general. Like all the characters, they do like over the top super fabulous poses and like like you know how in dragon ball z like the less clothes you have like the, the like, like the less the stronger layers, you are the more, the more powerful you are 
It's kind of the same way. Like the more the more fabulous your poses are, the more powerful a character you are. So you, you just have like these amazing snapshots, like out of context. They're so confusing, but they're so beautiful of like of character like Dio or like Jo or any of the JoJo's or just any of their allies. They're doing they're doing poses like like this or like like that or like like that and and it's just so epic and like the colors change and like like dramatic kanji just pops out of nowhere and it's just it's just so epic and the the characters over yeah the reactions are always always over the top like stan they, they just it goes from like zero to eleven all the time and it makes it so perfect and again it's just this giant roller coaster ride of like emotions and and just uh it just elevates all the time i love it so back to the vampire thing yeah so like wait let me let me just say something episode one right all the characters look like regular anime kids you know like how they like they're like thin and they're like they're speedy and you know like how like a teenager looks yeah. like an anime right like like he looks normal right all right episode two takes place seven years later and then this is what he ends up looking like what the fuck he looks like he looked so episode one episode two right that that that's what he looks like in episode two basically this big like fist of the north star just muscle bound brock lesnar looking motherfucker and everybody looks like that no, Dio looks like that too for what reason because, because there's manly anime. men who need to pose and beat people up with their power Yo, cause it's 1880s London and you gotta be ripped to fucking survive out here. Cause people be burning people's dogs on these streets and it's real hard out in, in London and, and fucking England in the 1880s, all right? Jack the Ripper is a fucking zombie. Dio is, is a vampire. The the whole central conflict of the first arc of Jojo is that Joe, besides the whole Dio is a piece of shit like subplot <laughs> is that um, the Joestar family has in their position this stone mask that activates these weird spikes on the back. Like, it penetrates your brain if you put blood onto the mask while you're wearing it. Like, these big spikes jut out of it. And Dio steals the mask from Jojo because he just wants to be his regular piece of shit self. But then he finds out that the the mask has, like, these spikes. And so he wants to use it to, like, I guess kill Jojo with his own, like, stupid mask or whatever that he's like obsessing over and then he he tries it out on like a random like goon on the street and then he puts it on the, the dude's face and like puts blood on it and it penetrates the dude's brain and Dio's like ah it worked they killed him right but then the the guy fucking gets up like Resident Evil style just like starts standing up and Dio's like what the fuck is going on and then the guy like grabs Dio by the throat he's like superhuman strength all of a sudden and his you can see his fingers like sink into Dio's throat like like peels back a layer of skin and just starts absorbing his blood that way and Dio's like what the what did I just do and then the sun comes out and the dude like puffs into like dust and dies and so Dio invented vampires basically and by the end by the end of like episode two or three Dio decides that because he can't defeat Jojo by normal means because Jojo's got too much spirit and will that he won't let Dio get the best of him. He decides I'm going to become like the king of vampires and he basically uses the stone mask to turn himself into a king like the king of vampires and his first thrall the first person he be makes his like servant is Jack the fucking Ripper. Huh. And then Jojo has to figure out a way to like defeat Jack the Ripper defeat Dio with who, who's like a vampire but he's not. It's basically Castlevania the anime 
to start, and then it becomes some wild ass like Dragon Ball Z shit later right here, but like we're not even at that part. We're like at minute one, this fucking anime like blew my mind with its like insane over the top like just gesticulations and like British like accents and just like people like leaping and posing and like every time they have like an inner monologue they like make this pose and like the background changes colors and they like turn gray as they're like thinking it's, it's like it's so good it's so good speak of the pose like uh stan you're you're commenting how you finally got the to be continued meme uh like, andy have you heard of this the to be continued meme no all right so there's like there's a facebook page they're like random videos of like something really bad ha about to happen and it cuts and then there's this little arrow that cuts across the screen and, and it says to be continued and it starts playing the, the the song roundabout by the band yes it's like this very classic rock iconic piece that the to be continued meme is referencing the closing credits of jojo and how every single episode of the first season closes and it's very iconic now with with JoJo posing, it's become so popular. It's inspired another meme. It's called Oh, there you go. That's how every episode of JoJo ends, where like something like intense is gonna happen, and then it goes to be continued, and it plays this song. So that's the meme. Is that they uh. they overlay that over every like dramatic video. They like cut it, and it's to be continued, even though you can infer what the next thing is gonna be. Like the bike is gonna crash. Or my favorite one was um, the. They had like an Attitude Era WWF like promo where like, you know the the Vince McMahon meme where he's yeah. like, it's me Austin, right? It was the thing where he throws back the hood and he's about to say it, but then it just says to be continued and plays the JoJo music, <laughs> the like the the, uh, the roundabout theme like right there. I didn't. I've, I I'm telling you, I've seen that meme before for like a long time, and I always thought it was funny just because of the setup and like the way the joke was. But I didn't know what it was from until I started watching JoJo, and they did that, and I'm like, yes. The the side effect is that I finally understand this like dank meme from like two <laughs> years ago. Like that is like the best so uh, side effect so here. So yeah, man, JoJo, man. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Like, I, I shit on anime all the time, but this is, like, one of those rare instances where from the first five minutes, I was like, I'm fucking hooked onto this. There was, there was just, like, one episode that, besides episode one, where it was just, like, every five minutes, something insanely over-the-top and melodramatic was happening. Like, there'd be, like, that whole scene that I mentioned before where the dude, like, pokes um, JoJo and his arm is healed and he's, like, holding it up and it's, like, all shimmery and shit. And then like he punches the frog and the stone explodes. And then the next scene you have him like, you have Dio like confronting Jack the Ripper and forcing him to kneel. And then the next scene you have like Dio in like, in like this gothic like church thing, like sitting on a throne, like, like talking about taking over the world. And it's just like one thing after another. And then you have like Baron Zeppeli like fighting Jack the Ripper while holding a wine glass and not spilling a drop of wine. And then making Jojo do the same thing. Like you have to defeat this guy holding this glass of wine and if you spill a drop I won't teach you anything else. So you have Jojo like stalking like Scooby-Doo style like this maze like looking for Jack the Ripper holding a fucking glass of wine and trying not to spill it and then finding out the secret of like the, the sunlight power and shit. It's fucking insane. 
And that's and just, like, that's only the first couple episodes. And yeah, like, the first four episodes, this kind of shit's going on. If this was like an anime is weird episode, we would be screaming nonstop for 20 minutes. <laughs> just like one thing after another, it'd be just like, what the fuck is going on in this anime? I still don't know, but it's like the most ent- entertaining thing I've ever seen, like in an anime form. I must stop this. It's so good. With season one, uh, again, like it's a lot of gothic horror. Dorkly described it perfectly. It's a lot like Castlevania. It's like successive generations of the most beautiful manly men fighting fighting increasingly sensual vampires. So uh, vampires play a lot in, in the first arc, and they're all super fabulous. They're all they're all, they're all jerks like Dio, they're over the top. And then it becomes a, a lot more like Dragon Ball Z with Stardust Crusaders. I cannot. I keep telling Stan I cannot wait for him to get to Stardust Crusaders because he hasn't seen nothing yet. Because Stardust Crusaders has, um, I think one of the arguably one of the most popular JoJo iterations is uh, Jotaro Kujo, and that's where you see a lot of the dank memes of, of JoJo, even more so from Phantom Blood Battle Tendencies. Um, so, oh my god, I, I, I don't want I don't want to spoil anything about Stardust because it will blow the shit out of your brain Even more so than like the first four episodes, but uh, I, I just finished uh, I'm starting on the second half of Stardust Crusaders. I'm so excited so. Yeah, like I this is just one of those animes that I put on and it's just a delight from like start to finish and I'm just like sitting there like laughing at how like bizarrely dramatic and over-the-top it is and just like watching like the insanity like on un- un- like playing out in front of me like there's like there's this one one last example that there's this scene where um Zeppeli, jojo and his friend whose name is speedwagon which is like they they have the best names in this fucking anime they're just like the craziest names for everything a lot but of the names are inspired by bands musicians yeah. and music yeah so they're they're going through this tunnel to take on the whatever and their carriage because it's like pulled by horse whatever gets stopped in the tunnel and they're like oh no like no sunlight or whatever and then they they check to see what the problem is and like there's these horse the horses were like murdered and their like heads were chopped off and then jack the ripper climbs out of one of the dead horses just like claws his way out of the fucking dead horse like i was in here for no fucking reason happy birthday and he doesn't fucking kill them i'm like what the fuck is going on in this anime andy please watch it Please I watch will, it. I so will, good. I will try my hardest to. Uh, it's all on cut your roll. It's all for the taking. Oh, uh, I, I just want to point Stan out. Stan is uh, <laughs> clearly enjoying his trial to Crunchyroll. Yeah. Uh, I just want to point out we're like almost 50 minutes into the podcast and we're still on topic one. This has been yeah, like. We're, I'm done. I'm done with the topic. This, JoJo's fucking insane. If you can find it on, like, just watch it like if if they were ready if these these were Read the this manga. Is one of those anime yeah i actually want to really go out and buy the manga like, you know, like you just how, how just because of how like crazy this is and like i i don't know if they sell episodes of, of jojo like on blu-ray or whatever but i i fucking want to collect this series because it's, it's been out it's been c- coming out for a while, I, th- I want to say it started coming out like 2011 or 12. So uh, I, I don't, they don't have a complete, complete, complete of all those seasons combined. But I'm sure you can buy buy all the seasons individually by now. Yeah. 
That's awesome. So watch JoJo. Um, I guess that's my topic. <laughs> yada, yada, well, there's a change-up topic before news. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just we'll do we'll do news and, and comics in the same like sentence, and then you guys can set, like finish off with your whatever you want to talk about. And right, sweet. All right. Uh, okay, let's kick it back with some news. So, um, Stan, you want to take the first news flash? News flash. Uh, I told so. I don't think you saw this happen, but Apple did their like their stupid thing where they showed like the the really dumb looking iPhone Seven or whatever. But the the main thing was that Miyamoto came out, which everyone was freaking out about, and Miyamoto basically introduced this game called Super Mario Run that's going to come out this fall, I think. And it's essentially an endless runner, but it's like a side. It's new Super Mario Brothers like graphics, endless runner iOS app, and um, according to them, it's not going to have any in-app purchases or anything. You buy, you pay for it once, and it's and it's the complete game. So they're, it, they're, it's never going to like beg you to like pay money for for coins or whatever the fuck you know, or or mushrooms. And you, it just it's basically a full game. How much is it? There's no announced like price yet, but um, I'm thinking somewhere between the five dollar range. The, what I'm thinking is I don't think it's going to be like an endless runner per se, like the Sonic runners or the Temple runs or whatever. I think this is going to be like an actual eight world Mario game, but Mario never stops moving. So you'll have like end ends to the levels. You'll have different worlds. You'll fight Bowser or whatever. But instead of you controlling everywhere where mario goes you can just control his jumps and he just continuously moves like one of those endless like one of those levels of mario where it's constantly scrolling you know yeah. like one of those airship levels or whatever like that but the whole game you're just like running and jumping and stuff that's what it looks like to me i don't think it's gonna be like the sonic game where it's just green hill zone forever until you die kind of thing i think it'll be just like set levels he just keeps moving you know like almost like a puzzle game more than an endless runner type thing but that's okay. just what I got from like looking at it. It looks super cool. I I you know I'm more interested in the Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing games that are coming to the iOS and Android friends. But Super Mario Run looks cool. I just wish it didn't use the new Super Mario Brothers graphics style. I it's like my least favorite graphical style for Mario. My favorite is probably Super Mario World. World. I like Mario Three a lot. World and um, I know it doesn't count, but Yoshi's Island. Yoshi's Island graphics are amazing. And a little shout out to Mario Land Two. That grayscale, that good grayscale shit. Whatever. Anyway, next piece of news. So uh, on Wednesday afternoon at the PlayStation meeting in New York City, Sony finally, finally revealed the PlayStation Four Pro. So it's a significant upgrade. <clears throat> over the OG PS4 and the PS4 Slim, and it has upgraded specs and support for 4K gaming and video. And uh, it features an upgraded GPU, increased boosted clock rate. It's able to play every PS4 game and a Mad one terabyte hard drive. So plot- Teraflops out the ass. I don't know what that means, but there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, Chris. Like, there's so many teraflops. Yeah, I, I, I. It sounds fancy. So it's, yeah. Those fucking things are flopping all over your face when you buy the PS4 Pro. All right, that's mm. what they want to. That's what they want to say to you. Yeah. 
floppies everywhere. It's a significant upgrade, and uh, I wanted to get your guys' opinion. Like, are you interested? I mean, I I guess it's a stupid question because you guys, I think all of us will eventually get it. But do you want to get it like right now at launch or later? Because I feel for me, like I I just got a somewhat brand new PS4 not that long ago. It was like it was the Arkham Edition, and now I feel pressured because at one point, like I I mean I could I can still play my games, but when you have a newer product that boosts superior, you know, storage and gameplay and graphics. Naturally, I want it, and it's like, ah, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could wait. Do you know how many like how many gigs is coming with it? One terabyte. One terabyte, and it's all. It'll... See, this is this is my issue here. My PS4 has two terabytes, so. Do I want to get this one and downgrade? Well, I mean, or so, maybe, or maybe wait until all the kinks are out. But is there any other particular? Oh, I don't know. It's it's really conflicted because like there's so many games that are coming out that look incredible with the enhanced graphics. Like they were doing a demo for Horizon Zero Dawn on this on the Pro, and apparently it it just blew people's faces off even more than it did. Well, do do either of you friends have a 4K television? No, no but do you need All right, one? So then you're you're not going to really benefit from a from a 4K resolution if you don't have a 4K TV. What is no, the point? however, it processes games better and processes faster. I guess my main takeaway from this presentation is that Mark Cerny's got like the most velvety smooth voice. Um, I don't know if, if either of you saw the the actual conference, but no. like he spoke in like this very, very soft, gentle way that I really enjoyed. And I wish. And then there was like this moment where he's narrating Days Gone, and it's like you know Days Gone that like biker game with the with the zombie, yeah. the, the World War Z zombies or whatever. And it's just like, and the way he's describing it is like, and and in Days Gone you will be surviving against the zombie hordes, but don't worry because you have a Molotov cocktail, and he, <laughs> then, he threw, then he threw the Molotov cocktail into the group of zombies. And it's like I really wish he narrated this entire fucking game because because you imagine how amazing this game would be. It's like now he's resting on the bench of the broken bodies of the people he's murdered on his way <laughs> to make sure Alexander is still safe. You know, like that kind of thing. That sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> it was it was awesome. Um, some of the things that they showed off in the presentation was Spider-Man for the PS4. Yeah. It looked really fucking good and really detailed. You could see all the way down, like way down the street when Spider-Man was on the on the um the light the light post. Um uh what's what's it called? Horizon Zero Dawn looked really good. Um uh, but you know what? Like, again, like I don't know like how much better it's gonna look if you have the same TV you've always used. Another thing is that it, it looked the system itself looks kind of dumb. <laughs> it, it looks like one and a half PS4s like taped together, like stacked on top of each other. <laughs> um, but uh, but other than that, the thing is, is that I went through three different PS3s during the lifespan of the PlayStation Three, like the from the fat one to the slim one to the super slim one, right? So I'm I'm used to upgrading my place my consoles in general through the iterations right i had the um 
the weird concave original Xbox 360 and then bought the the slim later, the the, the nicer looking one, right? Yeah. Then they came out the one that that looked like the Xbox 1 before the Xbox 1 came out, right? Then you have the the 3 the 3DS where it was just like the regular 3DS, the XL, now the new 3DS, right? So that went through iterations and you had the Nintendo DS which went from being the weird great fat piece of shit to like the the DS Lite, right? And then the XL or whatever, the DSi, right? So this is not a brand new concept that newer versions of the systems come out. This is the first time that it's going to be like substantially upgraded. Although you can kind of argue that the new 3DS kind of does the same thing a little bit. So the way I see it is that I'm not not rushing out the gate to buy this. But when my PS4 is starting to falter, which knock on wood... It hasn't yet. I I got the PS4 at launch and it's still running pretty well. If I ever need to replace my PS4, then I'll probably get the PS4 Pro just because at at that point it'll probably be cheaper. See, what's selling point to me is that it's not launching for a ridiculous fucking like five hundred dollars, five hundred fifty. It's three ninety nine. It's it's launching at what. I paid for my regular PS4. Yeah, and this one's supposed to be an upgraded version. Yeah, which is fucking awesome. It makes sense, but I'm probably... I know there's going to be a PS4 Pro Slim. There's going to be a fucking PS4 Pro Slim. It's going to happen, you know? Yeah. So I'll wait till that point. What I'm waiting for is the PS4 Pro Final Fantasy VII Remake Edition. The bundle. Because I'll get that. And by that time, I'll be ready for PSVR because I want PSVR, and PS Pro will have the hardware capability to to handle it. See, I want PSVR, but I want it before Resident Evil Seven. I oh, want the true, true. Which which PSVR I think is running for about the price of a system. Well, I I know that the VR works on the PS4. It just works much better on the Pro because it it's built to like handle it. Yeah, PSVR is. Uh, gonna launch at four hundred. Yeah, so, so that'll like put me eight hundred dollars in. I'm gonna wait a long time before I do either of those things. Cause right now, I mean, like, not even talking financially, my PS4 is doing fine. You know, like it, it doesn't even make loud noises like some people's PS4s have been doing lately. The, like the launch ones, my launch ones running super smooth, and mine like, too. I have no problems with it, you know. And I and I use my PS4 every single day. Yeah, I use mine several times a week for I, extended periods. Yeah, I know. use mine for like eight to ten hours. Like I fall asleep with my PS4 on; it shuts off after yeah. about an hour of non-activity. But and honestly, I think my PS4 looks better than the, than the Pro. <laughs> it just I like the way my PS4 looks, and I know like you're not really looking at the PS4 while you're playing the games or whatever. But I kind of I just like the way it sits there, and the Slim looks kind of dorky too. Like I don't know why the, the iterations look dorkier than the original. But yeah, I see no like essential desire to own this. There, there's there's no need to own this if you already have a PS4. This is just kind of like a you know, cutting edge, top of the line, if you want, like, the bleeding edge of the console, Sony's experience, you go there, right? Because it is going to be better. But other than that, you know, if all the games that are coming out play on both, no problem, then I don't see an issue. That's true. Know? So, because that's, at the end of the day, like, it will look as beautiful as possible and, like, a run as fast as possible. If it still plays fine, same, yeah. and if it's still the same experience largely then that's fine you know like my pc 
doesn't run games at top of the line. It doesn't run them at ultra, but it runs them like above average, and that looks fine to me. You know, like, I don't need to go rushing out and like upgrade my graphics card like every fucking year. You know, same thing with this. Like I don't. I think like I'll I'll bite when it's affordable, like in the two ninety nine range. That's when I'll bite. But All that's right. what I think. But aside from that. The the big surprise for the for this uh, little meeting for me was they showed a demo of Mass Effect Andromeda, which is like one of my most anticipated games for next year, besides like Persona Five or whatever. It looks gorgeous, and I don't have much to say because it, it was just like this gorgeous like game, and it it was like Mass Effect, right? It was Mass Effect, but like next gen Mass Effect. That's all. And it had, like, some kind of space mystery, which is, like, the bread and butter of the Mass Effect series. Like, space mystery and action shooties and aliens. Can't fucking wait. That's that's all I want to say about Mass Effect Andromeda. It's coming. They're going to have more information on N7 Day, which is November 7th. So, keep listening, because I will freak out about it. (laughs) Sounds good. So, the next bit of news, Crunchyroll and Funimation have done this weird partnership. Yeah. Not 100% on how it works. I don't know if you guys are 100% on how it works. Uh, I can, but from my understanding... I can back you up on this. Yeah, I got this. Alright, yeah. so... Um, so, Crunchyroll Roll and Fanimation, like, they're... they're uh, for, for those who don't know, probably the two biggest anime streaming services out there. There's some other ones, like... Uh, oh, what was it called? There's one Australian service. I can't remember the name right now. But that's pretty big too. Um, anyway, I'm I'm off shop. Okay, but basically they announced a partnership to increase fan experiences and the reach of anime across streaming, home video, and electronic sales. So Critical announced that they will continue to create the best subtitled streaming experience, while Funimation will continue to create the best in English dub experiences, but they will still collaborate, and there's going to be even... um, There's going to be a collaboration and diffusion of properties from each respective service uh, bleeding to each other. So what this this means is that uh, there's going to be collaboration across three different fronts. So you got your simulcasts and your broadcast dubs. That's your first one. So uh, available already, Critical viewers... Uh, are now able to watch subtitled versions of classic Funimation summer simulcast titles. This includes D. Gray Man Hollow, First Love Monster, and Puzzles and Dragons X. On the flip side, Funimation Now viewers, they can watch broadcast dubs of Crunchyroll summer titles, which include 91 Days, Mob Cycle 100 and Orange. The first two, 91 Days and Mob Cycle 100, I talked to them before in the podcast. Very, very good anime. Things are going crazy. So check them out. Now the question... Yeah. No, so my question is, will I still be able to watch English sub if they had it on Crunchyroll? Is Crunchyroll going to complete dubbed? And is is Funimation going... I mean, is... Crunchyroll going to complete subbed, and then uh, Funimation going to complete dubbed. I think, yeah, I think so. I think uh, you still have like the you can still have the compa- like the, the ability to switch between sub and dub. It's just it's just that um, anime that's that was once exclusively just Funimation can be now streamed on Crunchyroll and Crunch- and vice versa. Like oh, okay. you can watch. 
Um, so they're just they're bridging the gaps and uh, and and allowing. So you don't really have to decide or try to pick and choose because, like, I know I know with Crunchyroll, I, I was think the I was subscribed is, to both. <laughs> yeah, I subscribe to both. I I'm I'm settled for everything with my anime needs. I also have Netflix and Hulu, so I have everything too. But I think it gives a little bit of a flexibility on choice. If let's say you're you're new to anime streaming. Um, let's say you do like a thirty-day trial for Crunchyroll, um, and you still get some, you get some Funimation free gifts, free swag thrown in as well. Or you, you do the, you do the same way. If you start with Funimation, then Crunchyroll throws in some free stuff your way too. So I think that makes it gives you a little bit more, a little bit more experience of what each service gives you. Uh, you can make a better informed decision, or you can just get both. You know, I I say you get both. Anyway, so that's that's what that's what they're doing with simulcast and broadcast dubs. With catalog titles on Crunchyroll, you can now watch Kami Bebop, which is awesome. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Uh, for Funimation, you can watch Kami Bebop, Grimgar, Fantasy, and Ash, and Psychopaths on Crunchyroll. A- available on Funimation, it's gonna be free, uh, which is like the the swim the swim club anime, which is totally over the top and amazing, and the Testament of Sister and Devil. And finally, for home video, uh, Funimation will now distribute country world titles, including Ace Attorney, Ada Ramen, On the Sky, Bugger Stray Dogs, Joker Game, which is really great, uh, Calvinary and Aria Fortress, really, really great, and Relife. Um, so this is really great news. So, you know, just a grand partnership between two great streaming services. And this is just, just for the summer that they... Announced. I don't know what they're doing for the fall or winter anime slate, but I think we can only expect more great titles uh, between the two. Well, this is awesome. Can you watch Dragon Ball on either of these fucking things? On Funimation. Dragon Ball's watchable on Funimation. All right. Bring Dragon Ball to Crunchyroll. Then we'll talk. <laughs> then we'll talk. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we, had, we, got a, we got some tweeting to do. We got some emails to send out. Get on that, Crunchyroll. We love you. I, I think we should just wrap it up with one more piece of news so i think we're all pretty big godzilla fans you know uh some time ago stan talked about his amazing or he had an amazing review about godzilla in hell oh the english trailer for shin godzilla or godzilla resurgence came out earlier this week i think it came out wednesday or thursday uh it's japan's reboot or revamp of the godzilla franchise uh, it's been a good couple of minutes of years since uh, Godzilla film came out in Japan. And I'm really excited about this project because it's being co-directed by two directors. Uh, so first off, you have Hideaki Anno, who's, who's doing part of the directing. And for those who don't know, he's the director of Neon Genesis Evangelion. So him attached to any project, especially Godzilla, holy shit, I am on board. I'm expecting to see like Godzilla in a mech. Yo, that'd be so good. I'd be so excited. So right now it's, I think the trailer is going to be, I mean, the premise is interesting. Uh, They're taking, it's not, it's still Godzilla. It's still a kaiju movie, but it's, it's mostly Godzilla versus the Japanese military. So it's um and it's a, it's gonna be like a revamped origin story, uh, but the new design of Shin Godzilla looks dope. Like he's 
He's like he's got classic Godzilla, but he has like this red bio organic glow to it, and it's like, oh, it's so cool. I'm really excited about it. At the same time, you also have uh, legendary films setting up their own, I guess, quote unquote, kaiju universe. You already had our Godzilla film, and then uh, Kong Skull Island. Uh, was released not that long ago. Oh, the trailer wasn't released that long ago. And they're they're going to set it up for King Kong versus Godzilla, and who knows where they're going to throw into there. But, you know, just cu- big monsters, kaiju, is uh, they're making a big splash. And, and then, before I know it, Pacific Rim 2 is going to come out, so that's going to be awesome. I, I have 100% faith that Pacific Rim 2 is a myth. <laughs> but John no! Boyd is attached to it. Yeah, he's gonna be. John gonna Boyega be, is gonna be like the main character. Listen, man. they've been and, talking and about Pacific Sun. Rim. They've been talking about Pacific Rim two for as long as Pacific Rim one has been on DVD. It's fine. It'll happen. It'll happen. That was like four years ago. It'll happen. It's okay. It's okay. Pacific Rim it'll, two. It'll... They're canceling the apocalypse again. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I I just cannot wait. Now now they can they can mash up Godzilla and Pacific Rim too. Ugh, game over, game over. They, they just built a Jaeger for Godzilla. We're gonna have a fucking like Godzilla v Pacific Rim v King Kong. It'd be fucking awesome. I want to see a movie adaptation of uh, Godzilla and Hell. I want to see Godzilla fight through the the nine levels of Hell. Like, come on. Godzilla's and Inferno? I, Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I want the ending that I didn't get in that comic book where I want to see fucking Godzilla fight Satan. And, like, <laughs> I want to see that fight. Cause I, <laughs> How did that, that comic end? Um, he, if I remember correctly, he, he fought, like, um, the the hell version of King Ghidra and then, like, went back to the world of the living like won his right to go back to earth or some shit like i don't know it was, it was weird that most of that series had no dialogue in it so it was like interpretive of what happened but i wanted to see him like eat the shit out of satan you know like does it doesn't happen enough in media where you people be fighting satan you know lots of shit where people are fighting gods and stuff but like I don't know. Never the devil. Did you ever? Did you fight the devil in Dante's Inferno, the game? Yeah. You did. You did. Yeah. Okay. Did, you, was, did uh, you win? Yeah. It was pretty. Uh, do you become new devil? Pretty weird. It was a pretty weird fight. Did you become new devil? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to kill Satan and take his throne. If you're uh, if you're in hell, you should fight the devil. All I'm saying. There should be a game where you go through hell and you gotta fight everybody, and at the end you fight the devil, and then you beat the devil, and it's like, do you wanna, do you wanna like, do you wanna save, do you devil? wanna save everybody, or do you wanna become new devil, and that that's your option. That's basically the options of every moral choice based game ever, it, it, like boil down like Mass Effect. Do you wanna save everybody, or do you wanna become space devil? Like that's <laughs> space devil all the way. <laughs> Star Wars, do you want to you want to become Jedi Jesus or Jedi, Jedi. Satan? <laughs> or evil space pope. You'd be the new yeah. the new emperor. Yeah, that's Good. it. Those, those are your options. Good. Those are always your options. There's huh. never like a middle. There's never I just want to like go home and like take a nap like option. 
I mean, because that's just not how life works. There's no couch Jedi, is what I'm saying. You don't like, oh, like I don't know. I'm gonna go home. You deal with this. It's always like it's always like Anakin save the fucking galaxy or Anakin murder the children. Like, where is my middle option here? Where is well, my gray well, well, option? The, what about old man Luke? He just peaced out and just stood on a cliff looking at the ocean for like fifty years. All right, I guess that's your closest approximation to like the gray Jedi thing, where he's like, "I'm not, I'm not gonna save the galaxy anymore, and I'm not gonna like join Kylo. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a peace out for a while." I mean, when your nephew's Kylo, I guess just like oh, also like I, I just want to, I just want to point out that like Luke never really had the real Jedi experience, so he doesn't know what he's doing really. Like he, what, what did he do? He got to talk to Obi Wan for like a week, and he got, he got like an, an afternoon with Yoda before he died. Like, yeah, he has much. no idea what the fucking Jedi Council was like, like prior to to the original trilogy. They should bring back Mace Windu. They should. Didn't they? Not, can, wasn't there a piece of news saying that Mace Windu was still alive, or is that Sam Jackson well, yeah, spewing something uh, during in the interview? my in my in my interpretation of the movie? I don't. Mace Windu has been through so much shit. How is it that? The only thing that kills him was like a force push out a window. So here's Darth Maul got cut the fuck in half and thrown down a reactor, and he's survived twenty plus years to make it to the Rebels era of the Star Wars universe, right? I think Mace Windu can survive getting his hands chopped off and get electrocuted and fall out a window. Like I, I feel like he can survive that. It's believable. Mace fucking window, window, window <laughs> out the window. Mace window. <laughs> Mason to the window. He could survive. I want him to be the light side version of Darth Maul, where he you know, where he dies in the movies but lives on in continuity. You know what else? Mace Windu was played by Sam Jackson. You can't kill Sam Jackson. He can come back. Dude's a fucking. Legend. I don't want like I. I feel like I mentioned this before, but I don't want a Han Solo and Boba Fett anthology film. I want a Mace Windu and a Kenobi film. That's what I want. That'd be sick. That's what I want. Or hey, I want a purple fucking lightsaber. I want Mace Windu to show up in episode eight or nine with robot hands <laughs> that like have like spinning hydraulics and he just attaches purple lightsabers. For to them. all we know, Mace Windu could be an alien that looks like the human race. It's possible. Anything is possible. It's Star Wars. Anything's possible. Anyway, should we go on uh, comic book polls? Uh, yeah, I think we should. So, Action Commerce 953 comes out Wednesday, September 14th. Superman is going to try to find out who Clark Kent is. I don't give a fuck. I'm dropping this series. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Uh, Batgirl, Birds of Prey, issue 2 comes out. I'm also dropping that. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I hate it. So, I- I'm dropping that also. Doom Patrol number 1. Is coming out, uh, written by Gerard Way, so I know you're about Hype. that also, Andy. Yes. So I have, no, I have no, I have absolutely no idea what the Doom Patrol is. I completely missed that boat. Um, I know that they were around previously, and this is like a the rebirth version of them or whatever. I don't know. I'm going in completely blind, and I want to keep it that way. I'm just, I, I'm going in solely because it's written by Gerard Way, and I want to see what's. That is literally the only reason why I'm picking this book up. Yeah, that's that's it. Well, Stan, um, I know the Doom Patrol was uh, teased a lot during Beast Boy's personal arc in Teen Titans, the animated show. 
Uh, think Doom th- with the Doom Patrol. Think like the X Men. There are a bunch of misfits with weird powers that you got together and save the world, even though the world doesn't understand them or accept them. So um, DC's X Men. I can I can fuck with that. More or less, yeah. And Suicide Squad Two is also coming out this Wednesday. Uh, I read issue one and the Rebirth special. Um, it's really good. It's much better than the movie. If you want, you want a good Suicide Squad story, read the Rebirth series because it's it's really cool. Nothing really happened yet. They just kind of introduced the characters again, and it's it's kind of the same team as the movie. So Harley Quinn, Killer Croc, um, Enchantress, Deadshot, Deadshot, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But their characters are all coming across really clearly in the amount of time that they've had in issue one and the Rebirth special, and I'm interested in seeing where the first arc goes but it's it's really good awesome. harley quinn plays pokemon go in space in the first issue so that's <laughs> she she does a lot more and she's a lot more like harley quinn than the, her own fucking solo book is what i'll say so if you want to if you want a good harley quinn book read suicide squad instead of harley quinn because harley quinn is like so stupid like i don't want to i don't want to get all hyped about this but i don't want to i want to read an issue of harley quinn where she fucking does something you know, not when she chills in her apartment in Coney Island, you know, and gets into like wacky misadventures. I'm not read. I'm not reading comic books for a sitcom plot. I'm reading it so I can see some heroes and some not so heroes fucking <laughs> save the world. Right. That's why we read Cape comics. It's true. If I want to read some like weird ass fucking apartment, like three's company story, I'd go read image comics. I'm not doing that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Throw Image right under the bus. No, no, no. I like Image. Image is great. Image, but... Image got Saga. They got like Moonshiner. Moonshine is coming up, which is really interesting. Um, they got some good stuff. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, um, that's it for me. For comics, all I got is Red Hood and the Outlaws issue two. In the first book, I don't know why or how, but Red Hood gets mixed up with tigress and somehow at the end of the book they're about to fight bizarro so that's happening nice and oh. that's it how about you chris uh, so i have two comics for uh, for this week um so all-star batman number two uh by scott snyder and john ramita uh i reviewed the first issue a couple weeks ago i really enjoyed it uh, it's crazy. It's just uh, Batman has to escort Two Face, but uh, or Harvey, but Two Face double crossed them. So now they have a giant bounty, and every single assassin's after them. So it's a lot like Bruce Willis's uh, Sixteen Blocks movie, but Batman themed. And it w- left up in a really crazy, ha- uh, crazy cliffhanger where even Har- uh, Harvey Dent's Two Face's information network even got dirt on Alfred and Alfred shot a missile from the Batcave to take down Batman's plane and he's even on it too. So this continues that that arc. I'm excited for this issue so much. Um, the second issue or second comic I'm looking forward to, it's called Black Monday Murders. And apparently this is the second printing. I completely missed this. I didn't even know when it actually came out, but it's written by Jonathan Hickman and Tom Coker. And it's this crypto neo-noir series about the dark world of finance and 
incorporate crime, but mixed with occultism and magic. So this reminds the plot, the premise reminds me of this really excellent movie with Clive Owens called The International. It's basically how Clive Owens and his uh, I think it's an ex-wife they try to get together and try to prove that this one bank. This one international bank is responsible for every single known source of crime. So like gun running, terrorism, corruption, top, the top level of governments, you name it, this, this bank is involved with it. So th- this takes a similar premise where instead of uh, – well, this, this one international bank is trying to keep, control the entire world um, and it's secretly controlled by – a separate school of magic, so like transfiguration, conjuration, divination, etc. And each school of magic is a separate clandestine criminal banking cartel. And these are wildly different. So one of them's like a vampire Russian uh, gang. One of them is a it's like the Vatican, but evil. And another one is a bunch of wizard American aristocracy that operates in the in the 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 background and a bunch of like supernatural hitmen so this this looks or this sounds insane and this is crazy though yeah oh and again like uh like as always you know image comics taste nice risks on what titles they'll they'll uh publish cool i'm looking at the art right now this is pretty interesting it's like it's uh, a lot of it's in black and white, so it gives it like a really enhanced uh, noir feel. So I'm re- okay. I'm I'm really digging the art right now. Okay, so it's just occultism and corporate crime and corruption and and blood money and and just weird ultra stuff. I love it. It's my cup of tea. I'm excited for this book. Sick. So. Yep, Andy, you got some more anime stuff to talk about for your next topic. Why don't you hit us I, with it? I do got more anime stuff. Anime is real this week, friends. Anime is real. Sounds like a good title for this episode. (laughs) Um, So October 4th, they are releasing one of my all-time favorite animes on Blu-ray, which is Code Geass. And oh my god, this anime is fucking insane. It is... Uh, my friend put me on maybe in about 2010, and uh, he described it to me like Gundams, but I never liked Gundams, so I was like, eh, this can't be that good. So I watched it, and oh my god, I would I would is... amend I would amend that description. It's like Death Note meets Gundam. That's exactly what the fuck it is, and that that there. That Death Note aspect and the voice of Johnny Young Bosch whew, does powerful things to my heart and soul. <laughs> are there vampires in this? There are not. Okay. Because this guy looks kind of vampiric. I'm looking at the... Is this right? Yep. That is correct. Is that is that Alucard? That, that, is, that is Lelouch. That, Lelouch Close of the enough. Rebellion. Lelouch v. Britannia. Close enough. Or zero. Uh, is he a Belmont or is he the other one? <laughs> He's a Belmont. Okay. He's taking right. on Alucard. Alright. You know Alucard backwards is Dracula, right? I did not know that. <laughs> Conspiracy confirmed. 
That was the whole. That was the whole plot of um, Symphony of the Night, Castlevania. It's like. Oh, I'm Alucard, and then he like looked at himself in the mirror, and he's like, "I'm Dracula." And he's like, "I'm the son of Dracula," and that's how Dracula named his son Alucard. He's like, "I don't know, fucking just reverse my name." Like fucking race It's funny because uh, I know of Alucard because of the Yu-Gi-Oh card. Oh damn! Which was a badass card. It was one of my favorite cards. But anyway, Lelisha the Rebellion. What is that backwards? Hold on. Does that <laughs> figure that shit out? Oh, sure, <laughs> That's who he really is. Hachulel. Right? So Hachulel of the Rebellion. <laughs> of the Rebellion is about um, pretty much low-key America. Took over the world. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and like other countries are pretty much the slaves of what is called Britannia. Mm. Um, Lelouch is one of the sons of the leaders of Britannia, but he lives in Japan to like hide who he is. He meets this girl, C2, and she gives him the power of Gios, which is an eye technique that can be used for various things. Lelouch's uh, Gios is to pretty much give orders to people, and they have to follow it. The only catch to his his Gios is that he cannot give orders to people using Gios twice. So if he Gioses someone, he can't get them again with it. Uh, he mainly uses this to get information from people or to get people to kill themselves. And Lelouch is a complete, like... Like Light, he's a fucking genius and a hundred percent badass. Mm. And he is a master at chess. So the whole theme is that this war between Japan and Britannia is just a giant chess game to Lelouch. With Gundams. With Gundams, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can't forget about the mechs. The nightmares are so cool because now not only are they mechs, but they ride on like rocket-powered roller skates, and it's so awesome. Oh, and plot twist: his childhood best friend is working for the army of Britannia, hmm. and he's like the leader of the rebellion, and he goes under this alien, this alias Zero. And he covers his face, and somehow only the eye of the mask pops open so that he could geos the fuck out of people. Such a good series. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. It's split into two parts, and the feels are amazing, and, uh, like, the end will kill you. And season two, if you're starting season two, you're, uh, you're not skipping anything. Season two just starts... At a random point, and they explain everything later. But yeah, I wanted to show this series to my girlfriend because she really got into Death Note, and I was like, "Code Geass, you're gonna love it. It's way better." And I couldn't because the DVD is for Code Geass is like two hundred dollars for the complete series, like three hundred dollars for the complete series, and I'm not paying that much for a complete series. Same like Tiger Mask. Yeah, and then about four years ago, Funimation got rights 
to Code Geass, and I was like, yes, I'm finally going to be able to buy the complete series. And I was wrong, because Funimation didn't push shit out. But now they're putting it out because it's the 10-year anniversary for Code Geass. So, (sighs) can't fucking wait. See, I didn't, I had no idea. I've heard the name Code Geass, but I had no idea what it was. I have the entire series ripped on my computer. Mm. I'll probably check it out after JoJo. And some more clap on JoJo. It's only like, I believe, 50 episodes or 51 episodes. I'm not so bad. Like a classical Mm. anime, but it's good. It's, it's amazing. And not a lot of people know about this anime. I'm about spreading the word. Spread the gospel, man. Spread it. Lelouch's the fucking man. Yeah, Lelouch is one of, like, he's just, like, just a master tactician and manipulator. And props to, you know, whoever wrote the anime and the manga. Just to, like, or even, for, like, even the same for Death Note. Like, trying to get inside the heads of these characters and trying to, like, weave these intricate webs of deceit and manipulation and exploits is just, just incredible. It's, it's just spot on writing so good it's so, and very good character development yeah and uh as like a side thing to my uh topic because that's pretty much it as a side thing to my topic i've been reading this manga called dead tube fucking dead amazing tube? dead tube check it out yeah it's 25 chapters in it's amazing 10 second elevator pitch go okay so this kid he's uh He's a part of his high school film club, and some girl is like, hey, uh, I want you to film me for two days straight. Like, no cuts, just straight up filming. I want you to film me while I sleep, eat, shower, everything. So he's like, all right, cool. Sounds like a job. Do it. Get it done. So in day two, uh, day one, it's just her normal shit, whatever, doing swimming and all this other shit. Anyway, uh, day two starts and she's like, this is the real test here. So uh, this kid's like, all right, whatever. So she's like, "Uh, I want you to film me going to school. You're going to film me going on this date. You're going to film me banging this guy. This is is the order it goes in. So uh, he's down with all of this. The guy she happens to be going on a date with is some guy that bullied the kid that's filming and the whole time he's like like you know just kind of making uh just kind of like shitting on this kid the entire date so she's about to bring him home to like do whatever with this kid he's like you know the the guy that she's on the date with is like oh you're such a loser you have to film me banging this hot chick and out of nowhere she fucking like starts murdering this kid and uh he's like head split open uh he's like begging the kid filming to uh save his life and the kid's like fuck out of here i ain't ain't saving your life fuck you so he pretty much watches and films this girl fucking massacre this dude so the next day she comes in and she's like, here's your cut. And he was like, what are you talking about? Cut for what? She's like, you're a part of DeadTube. Uh, DeadTube is YouTube, but it's people filming themselves murdering other people. And uh, if your ratings drop, you die. It is fucking intense. Wow. So this, this sounds 
This sounds like Dead Man Wonderland, but but for like real for like our generation. That's oh yeah, crazy. it is so good, so graphic. It's bloody and fucking check it out. Is it, is that this is a manga? Yeah. Uh there's no anime adaptation for it yet. It's only 25 chapters in. Is but, is this on the like I know Crunchyroll does manga. Is this through them or is this like uh through like like a webcomic? Uh, it or? is not through Crunchyroll. I am reading it on Kiss Manga. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So, Thanks, man. Yeah, definitely check that out. Excellent. Okay, so we're running a little bit late, so I'm gonna try to make my topic really short. I'm gonna talk about something we, I don't think we've talked about very often. Uh, I want to talk about board games and tabletop games. Um, I, I've been going through a big kick through that because uh, for my job, uh, and I, I got to demo some some cool games. Um, so I want to talk about them. The big highlight I had at PAX, I got to demo this really cool, I guess, mobile game that was ported or that that's adapted from a tabletop RPG game. It's called Tunnels and Trolls. Tunnels and Trolls actually has been around for a very, very long time. Uh, it's it was created by Ken Saint Andre and published by Flying Buffalo in 1975. Think of it like Dungeons and Dragons, but for for one for one player only, and it works like a pick your own adventure book. And there was a whole bunch of modules that released for it. A gaming company called Meta Arcade came out, and they were. They're trying to port Tulls and Trolls into the digital age by making a a digital playable, I guess, like app version of each module. So they were boothed right next to us at PAX, and they were doing. They they took one of the mo- one of the campaign modules uh, from Tulls and Trolls, and they made it to a demo. And this was called Naked Doom, and Naked Doom, it's basically the Dark Souls. Of D&D. I've never ever played anything so hard. But it was so addicting too. The The platform is really cool. And super easy. You, 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 hold it to a, you hold it on an iPad. And it's a text adventure. So you read through. Um, and it tells you the situation. And it gives you a number of tro- choices. So let's say I'm in a cave. And there's three different hallways. Or three different paths. You know, I could take the left. I could take the middle. I could take the right. And you click on whatever option you want it goes it, it puts you into the next uh room situation encounter incident whatever and then you have to deal with the, deal with what happens so it could be you fight a monster you could you have to solve a puzzle you have to search a room and and you also roll die to figure out your result and this game it's the the story that like a lot of the legwork was uh, in the story and the story is incredible and the other great part of the game was just how simple it was and how engaging the encounters were and how visceral it is you just all you need to do is just you just click on the ipad and it just automatically rolls die for you naked doom was crazy it, it was basically dark souls so you you're a prisoner thrown into this cave you have no weapons you got to survive so many horrors and you got to make it out alive. And it's incredibly, incredibly difficult. They had a running tally of all the deaths of Naked Doom. So you could get killed by vampire bats. You can be killed by a monster called the Balrog. You could be killed by drinking too much beer. It's great. 
So it's very easy to pick up. It's very addicting. It's uh, great storytelling. Um, so a lot of my volunteers uh, in their free time, they, they played as much as Naked Doom and Tuttles and Trolls as possible. It was very well done. I, I was looking at some websites and it got like best of show for one of them. It's like the best mobile MMO or RPG. Um, I got to talk with the developer of Meta Arcade, like the CEO, David, and he was so much... Uh, I'm sorry, David Reed. He was a very awesome gentleman to talk to. We hooked it out. Uh, we hooked him up with some rings. And they're they're planning to release even more modules. So check out Naked Doom. Check out Tunnels and Trolls and Meta Arcade. Uh, I'll put links in the show notes for you guys. So that's a one. That's an amazing game. Uh, I was really happy to demo in PAX. The other awesome board game... That's my, my that's my brand new favorite one ever. I, I just actually played it for, for the first time last night. It's called Shadow Hunter or Shadow Hunters. So Shadow Hunters, it came out uh, I think like 2011, and it's uh, created by Yasutaka Ikeda, and it's a gothic fantasy or as like a gothic survival board game. You're set, it's set in this forest full of devils and monsters, and you play as one of three characters. You play as shadows, which are like creatures of the night, so like vampires, whites, witches, uh, Valkyries. Hunters, so you're basically your Van Helsing types, you know, people who hunt down creatures. And neutrals, which are civilians caught in, the, in between the battle. And the point of the game, a deduction slash bluffing party game. So you each get a character card uh, belonging to one of, to one of the three groups, and you have to conceal your identity from others, and you have to bluff, uh, well, not lie, but like you know, get your poker face on, and you have to decipher, oh, decipher through your actions or the use of hermit cards, which are ways to figure out uh, what other characters are without re- revealing yourself. At the same time, you, uh, you have to uh, fulfill objectives respective to your character. So for shadows, uh, a win condition would be um, you have to kill all hunters. Uh, for uh, Vice versa, a hunter, their win condition is usually kill all shadows. And for neutral characters, they have uh, a variety of different win conditions. So some neutral characters, they win the game if the first one killed... Some neutral characters, they win if a particular character to the left or right wins. The key to victory is you have to identify your allies and enemies early on. Um, and then after you do this, at the same time, not revealing who you are to your enemies or to your allies, uh, then you have to kill each other. Uh, and this is aided with equipment cards, so you can get like a pickaxe, or you can get like a chainsaw, revolver, machine guns. You also have white cards, which give you healing and buffs and like protections and seals. It is a really fun game. I love it so much. I was kind of not playing it the right way because I was I was going stir crazy because instead of trying to figure out who my allies and enemies were, I was like, eh, whatever. So I was attacking everyone literally everyone i didn't care i didn't care they were my uh i was a shadow the first round i actually killed 
my friend Sam, who is also a shadow. And I was like, oh, whoops. So, but then I ended up winning the game anyway, so I didn't care. <laughs> and the fact that I was attacking everyone, I was messing everyone else's perception or intuition on who each other actually were. So it kind of worked out to my favor. So it's a great, it's a great, great party game between four or six people. You just get to like lie and cheat to each other and just, you know, and like break friendships and kill each other with demons or with, with all this awesome gothic horror stuff. So it's right, and, my, it's in right your up my case, own. In your case, kill someone who's on your team. So yeah, dude. Dude, fr- <laughs> friendly fire was such a thing. Actually, it was really funny. Um, the second time around, my friend Aaron, she got, she, the first game, she couldn't really figure out who was who and the second game um right at the outset uh, uh, uh apparently she was on my team because i was a hunter and she was a hunter and i was still doing my same playstyle from the last game at the outset <laughs> I, I i i had an axe i wailed on her for like four damage and then and she's like chris and then then, then she found out i was a hunter then i stopped attacking her but then but because I I did so much damage in the beginning, I kind of helped her along. Then she then she died a lot quicker later on in the game, and then everyone else ganged up on me, and then I died. So, so <laughs> that strategy backfired the second time. But the first time though, I was laying waste. Everyone. Well, you you know why you failed the second time? Because you realized that your friend was on your team. And then you stopped attacking. If you would have did what you did in the first round and just not given any fucks, play by your own rules, and just fucking murder everyone, you probably would have won. Uh, okay. I know, I know, I, yes, I will chastise myself and I'll, I'll re- redeem myself, but. I will not play this game with you, just so you know. <laughs> I know, I think, I know, I know SP game night, I, I know that's an idea still in the burner. I really, I, I, I think that's a game we all of us will really enjoy. We need to grab some more people, maybe like Josh and Ryan, uh, Kirsty. Uh, but I think that's a game that we would all really enjoy because we, we'll just get to screw with each other and like just, just try, lie and cheat and like break friendships, and then we all become friends at the end. So everything will <laughs> be fine, but uh, it'll be good. And I just, uh, as an aside, just one last question: like, what are your guys' favorite board games or tabletop games? One of my favorite board games or tabletop game would be Clue. Clue. Clue's, Clue's really good. Clue is Clue. so much fun. Clue takes on a different context when you play as an adult versus when you play as a yeah. kid because you, you understand the fact that you can lie as an adult when you're playing Clue and that changes the game because you're suddenly like you're saying things that are are necess- not necessarily a straight lie, but are like in such a way to like Dis, like um to deceive a person yeah, to deceive the not... other to deceive the other players so they they think some like you'll if you have a certain like card or whatever you, you'll just you'll you'll not necessarily say that like card like for example you can make guesses that are like cards that you know that you already have or that you know somebody else has yeah and people will be like hmm he must not have that card like what you know something like that so I like Clue as an adult. Clue is very fun. I don't really have a lot of experience playing games that aren't like Monopoly, Clue, Shoots and Ladders, Life. You know, like like the kind of like generic bread and butter board games that everybody plays. 
I will say this, though. Nobody plays Monopoly the way you're supposed to play Monopoly. Oh, not at all. People play that game so stupidly and so fucked up that the game takes four hours. Monopoly should never take four hours. You People be putting money in free parking. and You're not supposed to do any of that shit. You know what the goal of, of Monopoly is? To just take over. Not even. To bankrupt all the other players in the game besides you. You're not you're not trying to, to get all the money and all the property. All of that is a way to win. The the people who really play Monopoly to win, their goal is to make everyone else broke. Not to acquire funds. So you gotta be Monopoly Satan when you play Monopoly. Well it can can't be Monopoly. It Jesus. can definitely take up to four hours if you're playing with like the max number of people. Yeah, but have you ever seen like tournament style Monopoly? No. They'll knock out games in like half an hour or less. What? I've seen that's, games like that's that's impossible. Thirty minutes no, for Monopoly. You, oh my god. I don't know if it's still there, but there used to be a Monopoly documentary on Netflix that was all about Monop- the Monopoly like World Championships or something, and they had people sitting at the tables like knocking out five minute games in Monopoly. What? That is Just ridiculous. Like, boom, 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 boom. You're out. Yo, it we just need, blew my mind. This needs investigation. This is you, this is not possible. I, I don't know be what the, the Monopoly name, King. I don't know what the name of the, the documentary is, but you guys should definitely both watch it. If I can figure it out what it is, I'll let you know. But it's it's really fascinating. They give you the history of Monopoly and they show you the people who play professional level, like east like esports level, like like high level Street Fighter two players, but play Monopoly. Like Dude. they're like talking shit and like playing Monopoly and like throw and die and like fighting over who gets to be the race car, you know, like that kind of shit. Man, it's good stuff. It's crazy. a good That's documentary. Crazy. That is yeah. awesome. Oh, I need to check it out. Yeah, I I really want to play like a more involved board game that's more that's more like D and D and less like you know family games. Yeah, um, ser- seriously, like nowadays, I f- like. I mean, right, the I, documentary I'm kind of a- is called. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, fine. The documentary is called under the boardwalk the monopoly story yeah it's probably the one uh from 2000 from 2010 it's like an hour and a half long and uh yeah players come together to compete for the title of the monopoly world champion yeah that it's it's actually a really good documentary i recommend it if you're listening it's it's really what made you watch this i was i don't know what the hell it was but i just had like it was one night and i decided to go on a fucking bizarre ass documentary rabbit hole binge and i spent all night until like the next morning watching documentary after documentary in a row it was like the monopoly documentary it was like supersized me for like the thousandth time it was it was like um what the hell else did i see um jiro dreams of sushi like like all those like weird esoteric netflix documentaries and monopoly was one of them and it was like really fascinating king of kong is another one you ever see king of kong You've never seen King of Kong? I don't watch documentaries. Have you seen King of Kong? No. I've I've seen Blackfish. I've seen like uh, Super Size Me, Hero, um, you know, all of Michael Moore's stuff. I I feel like you guys, I feel like King of Kong is up your guys' alley because it's about the Donkey Kong like championships and like the, the, it's about like the people who, who like own the arcades back in the day who have like, who have the, like in Twin Galaxies and shit and like the, 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 uh, like the Guinness Book World Records, like the high scores in the world on Donkey Kong. And it's about the story about this guy who's like a teacher or whatever trying to beat 
the world record in Donkey Kong. And he's got, like, you see him, he lays out, like, this whiteboard of, like, the level layouts and, like, when the, when the, the fucking thing jumps over, the barrel goes this way, you have to jump in this way. And, and it's about, like, the, the politics and shit surrounding, like, Don, like, the fucking Donkey Kong arcade game. And, like, it's, like, this, it's this weird, like, conspiracy shit of them, like, trying to hold back some people so, like, other people can get their scores validated and shit. And That's crazy. It's a crazy, crazy documentary about Donkey, Donkey Kong. Kong and, like, and like other, like, old-school arcade games like that, like Pac-Man and shit. And they, they show you, like, the, the world champion Donkey Kong, the world champion of Galaga, the world champion of, like burger time or some shit like that it's like it's crazy that's insane i need to check that out you it's a really fascinating movie it was it's really good it's on netflix i'll check it out hell yeah thanks for the plug that sounds awesome yeah king of kong a fistful of quarters it's really good also the monopoly story highly recommended nice sweet very cool uh oh uh another cool documentary uh, I think it's called Superheroes, just Superheroes. It's basically uh, a story or a set of vignettes revolving around real-life superheroes, um, the, uh, people who gave up uh, like personal, social, and financial, uh, not maybe like, maybe like, I don't know, they, they put the, themselves aside and they actually put on the costume and they do go out and do superhero stuff. Like one of them dresses up as a superhero, gets a whole bunch of, of like health products and toiletries and food and delivers them out, hands them out to homeless people. Uh, another person, they actually go out on patrol and they, they do like a, they cut to a footage where they actually help out police officers and, there's another one, another group of heroes where they go out, they, they ride on like lawn boards at night and they, they, they talk over walkie talkies and they, they provide intel to uh, neighborhood watch. So it's really cool. Uh, so I really, I really recommend that one. Okay. Yeah. It's just called superheroes uh, made in 2011 directed by Michael Barnett. Sweet. Check that out. So board games, huh? Board games, yeah. So I was gonna say, uh, with board games, um, I guess they've always been big, but I feel like even more so recently, like maybe like quote unquote recently, like the last five, five, ten years, uh, they've got they there's like a resurgent explosion. Uh, you know, you see tabletop gaming areas uh, in conventions that get bigger and bigger. I mean, just at, just in Dragon Con, Dragon Con just opened up their first ever gaming gaming hall uh this year uh then gen con is ridiculously huge um earlier today i was just there uh there, it was washington washington is uh washington dc's second uh second ever uh board game convention so it's just they, they 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 were at georgetown university they rented out like an entire hall and some other buildings at the university it was like a thousand people all getting together playing so many board games. It was really cool, and there and I guess aside from the family friendly one, there is so much out there. Like I'm overwhelmed just like seeing how like the the depth and diversity of all these games, and there's there's just some there's something for everyone out there. 
in terms for me, like my my favorite board games, um, Shadow Hunters. I just played that yesterday, but I think that's easily one of my top favorites so far. But there's a game called Relic, um, but it's actually Talisman uh, Relic. Relic is the Talisman game, but set in the 40k universe. But Talisman, I think Stan, you would like it a lot. It's a it's a fantasy RPG board game. So it plays a lot like RPG. So you have a hero character, you have stats, you can level up, you can uh, customize your character with particular equipment. And how it works, you're a hero and there's you're you're on this board and there's three rings and there are three air er- concentric areas in the board. So you have the outer ring, the inner ring, and then like the middle, which is like hell. Um, so you go around each ring. Uh, collecting levels, uh, collecting experience, fighting creatures, dealing with encounters. Uh, once you're high enough level, you can go into the next, the inner level. Um, so basically, you keep leveling up until you're powerful enough to get into like the innermost circle, which is hell, and you have to acquire the crown of command. And the, the crown of command is like this: uh, if you obtain this, you're like you be, you become god. Uh, but you can only enter like the hell area if you acquire a talisman, which is a special relic. Uh, so once you acquire the special relic, you can then enter hell, and then this hell area is is ridiculously hard to get to survive. But once you, if you survive that and you get the crown of command, you can just dick with people. You can just like you know you have like obscene godlike powers. I love the game. There's like so many expansions for it, and it's really fun. It's really addicting. Um, it really caters to people who love RPGs and D and D, and it's really easy to pick up. I think, and in particular, again, like I said before, I love the 40k universe. So my favorite game is actually Relic, but it's based on the Talisman system. So it's just like Space Marines and fighting off demons and and Xenos and just like crazy. St- Crazy battles everywhere. Similar to 40k, like it, it preserves all the really campy but epic, but really over the top bloody flavor to it. So that's my favorite board game. And then I'm also really, really big fan of Risk because uh, World Domination. Plus, there's a Metal Gear Solid Risk edition. Oh, dude, have, have you played, played that? Risk? No, I, I have the I have the Lord of the Rings Risk, but I could never figure out. What what the fuck the the rules were for Risk and so I never played it really. Yeah, I've never played. They have Risk. a lot of they have a lot of good themed Risk boards. They have the Metal Gear Solid Risk. They have um, the Mass Effect Risk. I've seen Walking Dead. Yeah, I, th- I think I've seen Star Wars Risk, Star Trek Risk, Doctor Who Risk. Jesus, some really good Risk table um, boards. I always wanted the Metal Gear one. I don't think you can. I don't think it exists anymore like it's probably really hard to find because it was metal gear solid 4 edition which, oh yeah that's forever yeah. ago was that released as a bundle with the video game or it was probably released no, alongside was, the video game it was alongside sure but not like together there's um okay. i know like outer haven is like one of the nations or countries you can have and it can move anywhere on the board so i don't know what that means but it sounds cool it is uh, pretty expensive. How expensive is it? Goes from eighty to one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, I expected as much. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Nice. Board games. I hope we could do that more for SP game night because that'll be fun. Uh, cool. Uh, so I think we're at the two hour mark. I think we're going to call it a night. Uh, this was this was a fun episode. It was so great. You know, getting getting the band back together. Oh, yeah. Had to, had to the make boys up. are back in town. Had to make up for two, two weeks of like 25 minute long episodes <laughs> or like 30 <laughs> minutes. And now it's two hours. This feels you know, right. This feels you know, natural. This is fucking bullshit. When Chris is away, there's fucking no news, no comics. Chris comes back, fucking everything. Yeah, there's like too much shit to talk about, and, and we end up like recording for like eight hours. This is insane. This is madness. It happens every time. <laughs> there's like nothing to talk about when it's just us. I'm sorry. So weird. Yeah, whatever, and we're done in twenty minutes. Like there was literally no news last week. There was like nothing. No to talk fucking about. news. Man. Jesus. I'm sorry. It's all my fault. It's fine. It's fine, Chris. Well, yeah. it's not your fault, Chris. The but look at all this delicious you. content that people, our fans, our pals can devour right now. Chris was sitting on all this content for weeks, so he's, he had to just get it off his chest. So <laughs> This is true. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel I, I've expressed myself. I'm ready to close out. So. This was episode 81 of Super Nerd Pals. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening, especially for this super long but super special episode. Again, we loved, We thank you for supporting us and listening to us. We love doing this podcast. This is another great episode in the bag. So uh, where can you find us? We can, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play. On the Super Nerd Pals RSS feed, you can find this podcast. You can also find Dragon Chat. This past Friday, Stan and Andy, they released episode two of Dragon Chat. It was a wonderful episode. They talked about the Goku Black arc as well as their favorite Dragon Ball Z signature, or just Dragon Ball everything signature moves. And it's a really great episode. Check it out. Um, if you want some more anime goodness, uh, it's on hiatus right now, but we still have all of our episodes of Anime is Weird on the same feed. So check all of those out. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash supernerdpals. Thank you. You can also find us at supernerdpals.com where we have all of our episodes as well as links to our social media and blogs, especially for the Facebook group. Please join. Please invite all your friends. I think last time we checked, we're about 460 members. So we're slowing down a little bit. I know before we were at 400 and then we jumped to 450 in like a week. So we want to reach the 500. I will do something special because 500 is a big number. So we reach 500. We'll, I don't know what it is yet. We'll do something super special for you guys because we love you all. Just keep spamming requests to your friends and tell them to join. Tell us to post dank memes, post all your content, post all your theories, post anything. Just be here. You can find us on Twitter at Super Nerd Pals. You can find Stan at Stan Doom. Doom. Read Squirrel Girl. Doom. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag Read Squirrel Girl. You can find Andy on Twitter at Sweet Justice One. That's O N E, Sweet Justice One. And you can find me on Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K-Y-O Ninja for Hire. Oof. So, that's a wrap, right? Oh, yeah. in the that's bag. A, that's a wrap. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone, thank for you listening. Thank you, guys, for listening. Thanks for listening. We love you all. See you next week. Peace.
無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無駄だ無